This has not been a series just to provide lots of interesting information about sin. Uh, we're not trying to kind of fixate ourselves on, on that. And the same uh, token, it hasn't been uh, a series with the intention of producing large amounts of guilt and shame in us. And, and I know that's a tendency as well when we talk about sin. Um, but to, again, to, t- to talk about the hope of, of new life. Um, so today we come to another of the seven that we are, uh, again, if you're like me, we are all too familiar with these. And if you've got the seven in your mind, maybe you're counting them down to see the ones that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, and uh, all of these, and this one in particular, has such a devastating impact on so many in our world and, and on our world in general. I'm calling the message today Danger Signs. And that's a bit of a hint as to the, uh, the um, sin that we're going to talk about. In fact, the danger signs of this particular sin are quite easy to identify, I think, in ourselves and in other, others when it's nearby. Um, uh, our faces turn red, adrenaline surges, veins pop out, eyes bulge. Blood pressure rises. And the reality is, if nothing is done to check this particular sin, then the end results are, are not very pretty. In fact, they're very ugly. They're the stuff of front page headlines. Violence and abuse and destruction and death. And they're the stuff of our everyday lives. Arguments and road rage and resentments and isolation. The sin that I'm speaking of is, of course, anger. And uh, you can put that there. And many have have, uh, noted how even in its spelling, this sin is only one letter away from danger. And uh, how true that we might uh, say that is in life as well. That wherever there is anger, danger is lurking nearby ready to, uh, uh, to, to bring destruction. We see it in history. We see it, I think, in the video. It's the sports world, uh, the, the base brawl, as they are, have come to be known. Uh, we see it in politics. We see it even in the pages of Scripture, early, early pages of Scripture. Think Cain and Abel. Uh, much of the bad that occurs in the world does so because... At some level, there is anger. One writer said it like this. He said, we know we are at our worst when we are the most angry. And uh, I'm sure that if we think for a moment, which I'll just give you a moment to do, each of us can probably fairly quickly remember a time that we would file under not one of our prouder moments when, um, when anger has gotten the best of us. Now, at the same time, there may be some of you this morning who would have a, a good argument, and you would say something like this to me. You would say, well, isn't anger just simply an emotion? Neither good or bad, and it's just kind of what we do with it, that, that turns it into good or bad. And, and in fact, 
You might even take it a next step and, and, and go ahead and say that is not even some anger actually really good? Good in that it may motivate us to do something positive, to do something helpful in the world. In fact, Martin Luther, uh, if you said anything like that, you'd be in great company because a guy named Martin Luther, who was kind of the, uh, the originator of the Protestant movement, he is said to have extolled righteous anger as, quote, the engine that drove him on to some of his best work. I mean, Martin Luther's pretty good company, but some of you would say, I think there's even better company than that. There's a guy named Jesus. Remember this scene. This is from Matthew. Uh, I think a scripture that I have there. Matthew chapter 21, I think. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And we would say, there's Jesus Himself setting the, 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 the example for us as, as we would come after Him, that indeed we ought to... Um, at times, be angry. And, and I would agree. I mean, how can we argue with Jesus, right? I, I would agree that there, it seems there are times when anger is justified. Isn't it right and good for followers of Jesus today? And I know I've even, I was thinking back to sermons that I've preached about this very issue. Uh, for Christians, followers of Jesus, to be, to be emotional, to be angry uh, at, at injustices in our world. Things like, World hunger, and things like child abuse, things about human trafficking. To be angry at the systems and the people, even, in our world who contribute to these issues. We are undoubtedly, let's just get this out on the table, we are undoubtedly created to be passionate, feeling, and caring people. And sometimes... It could be our anger that would move us out of apathy and into action in the face of injustice. All that said, can I get an amen? amen. Let's just say amen, right? We believe it. Amen. And yet. Can you say and yet? And yet. Amen and yet. Can you even do that? It's kind of a little bit contradictory, isn't it? This is the paradox of anger. This is the paradox of anger. Because, and yet, our anger remains dangerous. It remains deadly. It remains destructive in our hands. And we have to admit that while we like to think about the uh, anger in the manner and in the fashion of Jesus, most of the time, our anger tends to drive us not to right what is wrong with the world and with our lives, but rather it drives us deeper into ourselves, into seething, simmering resentment and isolation. Well, we need to be aware of this. We need to be aware of the fact that our anger can deceive us and disturb our reasoning. When you're angry, you're not thinking straight, right? And that's the danger. When we're angry, it can deceive us and disturb our thinking, our reasoning, that any original concern we may have had, and this is the tricky nature of this emotion, 
any original great idea that we might have had that would have given rise to that anger can easily become twisted into excuses for unloving, unchristian thoughts and actions. We uh, can tell ourselves all we want that that feeling is righteous indignation. I think that's our word for it, right? Or our phrase. We can tell ourselves all we want, and we do, that it is righteous indignation that we are feeling, but in reality, we are people who are becoming consumed by anger. And there's a danger, great danger, in becoming a person who is angry. Paul had, had this in mind. This is an interesting verse from the, the book of Ephesians that really can be used in a lot of different ways. But I, I want to kind of catch, hopefully, the Apostle Paul's general stream of thought here. Um, he he was, no doubt was thinking along the lines of this paradox of, of anger when he wrote these words to the Ephesian Christians in uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians. If you have your Bible, I'd love to have you turn there. It's a great little passage just to kind of hold on to. Ephesians chapter 4. But um, let's, let's read this together as some of you are turning, so I'll give you just a minute. But as, as you're turning there, just look to the screen and let's read this, uh, these two verses together. It's 426 and 27. Let's read it together, can we? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Is that it? Do not give the devil a foothold. It is possible, he seems to be saying here, to be angry without sinning. In your anger, do not sin. But he is obviously, at the same time, very aware that the two often go hand in hand, or else the warning wouldn't be so quickly given. Does that make sense? It's in our anger where sin can so powerfully come to life. Where the devil can get a foothold. What what an amazing image. Just picture that with me for a moment, would you? This idea of in your life giving the devil a foothold. That's a scary thought. To my knowledge, there's nowhere else in Scripture where where a writer speaks of a particular action or or emotion that that is able to give the devil an entry point, and not only an entry point, but a place to hold on to and to set up camp in your life than anger. As I pondered that image this week and just thought about the the devil setting up camp in my life through anger, Um, what a dangerous description that is. One one writer, I like how he said this. He said that the devil prefers the low-rent district of unresolved anger. He can create in us a whirlpool of bitterness, spite, prejudice, abuse, Insults, resentment, rage, tantrums, moodiness, bad attitudes. I like this. He said he becomes the CEO of our perspective. All reality passes through his interpretive grid 
And before long, our whole life is organized around being angry. I think uh, Pastor Jake, about a year ago, in fact, he, we were talking about, um, we had this conversation about religion and politics. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was very, there was no anger. It was nice, but uh, it, was, it was a good conversation. But, but Jake was talking about a time when he was in seminary, and, and he went to a seminary in Costa Rica that was very justice-oriented. And uh, just, all sort, uh, uh, um, just all sorts of issues surrounding the idea of justice. And so not only were they taking lots of classes that, that spoke of liberation theology and feminist theology and all these kinds of things, but, but they were also, as students, they were out, you know, marching and picketing and just living out their, their faith in terms of standing up against injustice. And I don't know if you remember Jake's words, but... He, he said it along these lines. He said, we were, just, we were just, you know, we were mad. We were just mad at the injustice of the world. And I did that for about six months, and then I began to realize that not only was I mad at the injustices of the world, I was just plain mad. I was becoming, in Jake's words, uh, an angry person. And he knew that he had to stop that. So he quickly left that whole seminary, actually, and found another one. A Nazarene seminary, <laughs> in which to enroll. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but the power of that, that lesson for me is, I remember hearing him share it that day, how easy it is for the devil to get a foothold and for us not only to be, to be angry at things or people or issues, but, but, but sooner or later to have the devil be the CEO of our perspective and we're just becoming angry, mad people. Um, another writer uh, shared some thoughts that I just wanted to share with you. These are, these are ways maybe that our anger becomes expressed in, in ways that are unhealthy, in ways that are hurtful, and, and maybe you'll see yourself in one or, or all of these. The, the first thing he, he shared was this, that we are people who get angry too easily. We're, we're people who get angry too easily. Um, we're, we're irritable. We have short fuses. We're, uh, we're David Banner. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Any, any incredible Hulk fans in the room? Okay. Um, we have the ability in a, in a moment, and, and whether this is because there's, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the things that may be causing this, but we're, we're people who, we don't, even, we don't even sense it coming, and then something can happen, and we get angry too easily. Are, 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 you, are you there at all? I, I, I remember a time, this was many years ago, I think it was before we even had children, but Kyla and I were leaving our neighborhood at the same time. And uh, um, uh, she pulled out, but we were in separate cars. She pulled out in front of me at, when the light turned green. And some of you know where we live. She pulled out onto Hollister there. And, and just as she was pulling out, a car ran the red light um, going the other way on Hollister. And just, just missed her. I just, I, you know, I just felt like in that moment that my, my wife's life was flashing before my eyes. And, um, 
She managed to just kind of keep on going. I, on the other hand, decided that I was going to follow that person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's so funny about it is I followed that person with just this, you know, some of you might say, well, that's, that's a good reason to get angry, but I was getting angry way too easily. And, and I followed that person, and, and they pulled into the Goleta Valley South Little League baseball fields right there. And I came up right behind them, and out gets like this, you know, teenage girl. And I think to myself in that moment, what am I going to do? <laughs> Be careful. That was it. But in that moment, and I, and I just kept driving, you know, that was it. What, what are you going to do? But in that moment, getting angry too easily. I mean, that, that might have been justified in many ways. But we can think about other times when people say things to us, when people just, we don't get our way, we don't, it doesn't go the way that we think it should have, and suddenly we're flying off in a fit of anger. And that, that really goes to the second one. This guy said that we're people who get angrier than we should. <laughs> Not only do we get angry too easily, but we get angrier than, than we should. We blow up over things that are of little consequence. We're like, we're like geysers, right? And it's just kind of simmering under the ground. And every so often, we're just going to erupt. And when we do, watch out. And we are folks that have um, not learned a filter. We haven't learned a governor. We haven't learned... Uh, any way to, to, to manage or to temper our temper and to allow the anger that we're feeling to be expressed potentially in ways that are healthy instead in ways that are destructive. And then the last one and that he suggested and probably the most maybe deadly form of anger is that we're people who stay angry too long. I'd really like to have a conversation about this one with you um, and hear your feelings on this. But we all know that we are people who like to harbor resentment. And there's lots of reasons why psychologists, you know, like to tell us why we do this maybe because if we, if we hold on to the anger, then we're exhibiting some form of control at least and as long as we have some sort of control then then we've got the upper hand in the situation or you know we just that person has wronged us too much for us just to you know forget that anger we're going to be angry at least as long as we think that it will somehow match up with the wrong that they've done to us and and the reality is as you all know and we all know but we have such a hard time living out is that the only person who suffers because of our resentment is us. And the bitterness that grows in us, the, the root of bitterness that, that emerges and grows is destructive. One, one writer talked about anger as like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. Not the rat who's dying, brother. It's, it's we ourselves. We are people who stay angry too long. Um, 
it, 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 our, our anger is, is destructive externally. Again, we, we can think probably in our own lives of, of children that we have hurt, of, of family members that we have said words to that we wish we could get back, of, of friends and coworkers maybe that we have, we have impacted with our fits of rage and anger. Um, it's, it's devastating not only in our personal circles, but in, on, a, on a global scale. We see, again, the devastation in terms of abuse and murder. Uh, families have been torn apart. Uh, we don't see it as much, but as I just suggested, the internal impact of anger is even uh, cause for greater concern, perhaps. So, so here's Paul, back to Ephesians chapter 4. Here's Paul who says, in your anger do not sin, but then follow the... Follow his, his language here because then he goes on. I'm just going to skip a couple of verses and go down, I think, to verse 29. He's just a couple of verses down from this, in your anger, do not sin. And he says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Just leave that up there for a moment. So, so it was like a, a couple of verses ago he said, in your anger, do not sin. And then he maybe thought about it for about... 30 seconds as he wrote a couple more verses and he said, you know, actually, uh, let me think about this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. It was almost as if he, he caught himself and he said, wait a second, that, somebody may take that as an out. So I'm going to make it pretty clear that this is something that we just cannot afford to mess around with. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. It all comes down to it, perhaps the words of James, another, another great verse on anger, would best summarize the biblical position on the threat of anger in our lives. Let's read this together, can we? My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Anger has always been a sin in the church one of the deadly seven because we cannot be trusted with our anger. Where does it stem from? Well, you all uh, know these, but just a reminder, it's, it's a heart issue. Our anger is not a, just simply a psychological problem to deal with. Anger management classes, I'm sure, are, can be very helpful, but only to the extent that they move us beyond the steps of counting to ten and taking a deep breath, which are um, uh, steps towards solving the symptoms of anger, 
but not really solving the heart issue of anger. It's something that goes deep within us. Maybe that's emerged out of our self-centeredness, out of our pride, out of our control, not getting one's way, feeling threatened. I've told many of you the story of the, uh, the pastor who was doing the premarital counseling for Kyla and I, and uh, he, he told us the story, not proud of this story. He, he wasn't, this was under his, not one of my prouder moments, but he said when he was uh, early, newly married to his wife that he would, whenever they were in a group setting, he would always sit with his arm around her and her, his hand on her shoulder. And some of you are thinking, how romantic. Are there any husbands sitting with their arms around their wives? There you go. Don't do it. It's, it's going to get ugly from here. Uh, but <laughs> he, he did that not, not because he wanted to express his affection or his closeness or her love for her, but because he wanted to be able, if she began to say something that threatened him or he felt impinged upon his uh, reputation, he wanted to, and felt the anger rising within him. He wanted to, in that moment, be able to squeeze that shoulder. And in so doing, say, shut up. That's not the place for you to go. All the hands went back to him. <laughs> this, this idea, it's always stuck in my mind always stuck in my mind because I think this is where so much of our anger can come from is, is how, how do we think things are looking towards us and if they're looking bad, if we're getting rejected or if things aren't going our way, if we've set some expectation and that expectation isn't being met, if our reputation is on the line, again, if uh, we're feeling threatened, um, if, if some past hurt is, is emerging, then we can begin to feel anger rising in our hearts. One, one thing that I, I just think is, I read this somewhere this week, and it wasn't even in relation to the study for this message, but somebody was talking about the ability to laugh at our own faults and failures. And it's, angry people cannot laugh at their own faults and failures for the most part. Because when, when, when our faults and failures are made evident, you know, when other people become aware of them, then we get angry. Maybe the uh, key strategy in fighting anger is to begin to laugh a little bit more at ourselves. Take ourselves a little less seriously. Uh, Paul writes these words in Romans chapter 12 as maybe... Um, the, the, the key for us in terms of countering anger. How are we going to respond to it? How are we going to respond to, to the, the heart issue that is, that is just grabbing our, our longing for justice to be served? Even if that's just my own personal justice. Well, Paul writes it um, like this. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, I love this verse, by the way, as far as it depends on you, two, two little clauses there. <laughs> if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Scripture tells us that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. A Christian's response to anger is to remember that the ultimate and final writing for what is wrong with the world is God's business. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's business. God's business. And so this passage of Scripture invites us just to at least a, a few things. First, we're invited to trust in, in, in God and in His ability to know what the wrongs are and to see to, the, to it that they are righted. Absolutely, will we be available to God's call and His invitation to join Him in righting those wrongs? Without a doubt. But are we going to, to decide what the right is? It's not our role. We have to trust that He knows better than us. Trust in Him. On this Pentecost Sunday, I can't... Um, I, I, I have to remind us that our, our, one of our key ways of countering anger is to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. As far as it concerns you, the best you can do, get along with everyone. Can the Holy Spirit give us the gift of gentleness and humility? Can he give us a forgiving spirit. Can He root out the bitterness that so grabs onto our lives? Can He destroy the foothold that we're giving to the devil even today, perhaps some of us? Can God give us that gift through His Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Anger will destroy somebody, usually the angry person. God, through Your Holy Spirit, give us the grace to master that anger. Woe that anger would be one of the defining characteristics of our lives. No room for it in our hearts. The last idea that just kind of emerged here is just this idea that, that when we are angry, this, this emotion that we will feel, when we are angry, uh, the invitation is to bring our anger to God. I love this idea. Not to let it just kind of internalize and simmer and grow and, you know, bitterness to, to develop. Not, not to just kind of stuff down or repress our anger. And, and not just to kind of vent it, you know. I mean, we hear that word and we think, oh, I just got to vent. Well, you don't got to vent. I mean, that, could, that venting could really hurt somebody in the process. But there's one person who you can vent to, and that's God. I'm thinking about Jesus in the temple, the first words that we read from Scripture this morning. Jesus knew what to do with His anger. God knows what to do with anger. God and His Son Jesus can be trusted with anger. And so, those of us who cannot be trusted with it, I cannot be trusted with anger. I have to bring it to the one who can be trusted. Bring my anger to him and allow him 
to deal with it as he knows best. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and going to help lead us in a closing song this morning. I just want you to think for a moment about the, the danger signs in, in your own life. Are you someone who gets angry too easily? Are you someone who gets angrier than you should? Are you someone who has stayed angry now for far too long? Well, the words on the video at the beginning of this message were... Receive grace. Find freedom. I think with a lot of the other sins on this list, uh, like lust, for example, as we spoke of last week, it's, it's pretty easy. It's maybe because of society or whatever it might be that, that we feel instantly convicted about the lust in our hearts. I've been around a lot of people who, who are angry people, and you probably have as well. And I'm sure that I've been that person from time to time. And it's, it's perhaps a sin that's a little, little bit easier to kind of sweep aside and, and to, to kind of rationalize or justify. I would encourage you not to do that today. As we sing, I'd love uh, for you just to, to stand where you are. Go ahead and stand with us if you would. And to, as you sing, make this a, a time of searching, of allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of prompt your thinking, to bring you to that place maybe where you recognize anger's got a grip that, that uh, you know is unhealthy, and indeed to find freedom, to receive grace from that, uh, that place of anger in your life this morning. Let's sing. God, we come to you today. Looking for much more than just good advice. And five tips on how to be less angry people. We come to you today very aware of the places where we have given the devil a foothold. Not proud of any of them. Come to you today crying out for your Holy Spirit to come and transform our hearts. We know this is a heart issue that we're dealing with here. come to you very simply, Lord Jesus, bringing you our anger that we feel today for whatever reason. Anger that is gripping us even now, our proneness to get angry in a hurry, our tendency to get a lot angrier than we should. We bring it to you, Jesus, today knowing that you know what to do with our anger. You know how to right the wrongs, and ultimately you will. And you know how to work in our own hearts so as to bring us freedom.
and peace. So God, help us to be very aware today that, uh, that we have a tendency to excuse and rationalize and justify. And help us, by your grace, to be very deeply unsatisfied with that kind of living. Working us, bring us hope, bring us newness, help us to rise from the trap of anger today and in all the days to come. Dip our hearts into the stream of your mercy even now. Wash it away, Lord Jesus. Wash it away. Wash it away. Wash it away. we give you thanks. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.